You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. The yam is the power that be. You can smell it when I'm walking down the street. Oh, yes, we can. Oh, yes, we can. I can dig rapping. But a rapper with a ghost rider. Peace, everyone. Welcome back to the Piper Carter Podcast. We are back with another week and we're back in the studio. What's up, Brittany, our illustrious co host? <laughs> illustrious. That's a big word. Hi, Pipe. So, what's up, Deja? What up, though, guys? Oh, my God. So me and Deja are sitting here with our blankies. It's freezing. Brittany, I, we got to get water. you a blankie. Got to get out of here. I'm good. I got my, I, I got my uh, heated blanket. It's heated. Ooh, it feels so like warm that. and toasty. My legs, my thighs are toasty. That might be TMI. <laughs> I like electrical blankets. Oh, yeah. So um, what's been up, y'all? How you doing this week? How y'all feeling? You good? I'm good. So what what you been doing all week? I, I heard some great music coming from you. You been digging? No, <laughs> not really. Um, well I asked my followers for samples and they sent me tons. So I've just been going through that and I've just been trying to like work with what they gave me. Mm-hmm. And today at work my coworker gave me um Michael Jackson's thriller album. Okay. The original pressing. Before he sued the label for not including him as an executive producer on it. So when you say gave you, what did what like format? Did and you a vinyl. Get? Oh, you have vinyl. A vinyl. Okay. And a sleeve. Like a, oh untouched. wow. Oh beautiful. Beautiful. Crazy. It's where did, gorgeous. Where did your coworker <laughs> get it from? Well, they collect stuff. They go mm. to garage sales a lot, and they go to auctions, and they just collect everything. Mm. So I'm just really honored that they gave it to me mm-hmm. just for being nice to her wow like i trained her like i think we got back um i think she started right after um lockdown ended and we all went back to work and i think i trained her sometime around then i want to say and she her husband and her are really into music they're white but they're really into music and like music history mm. like all kinds of music so they collect a bunch of stuff they have um she was telling me about this uh, this jukebox that they have at their house mm. with like so many hits on it and wow. just a bunch of other collectibles mm-hmm. and they're crazy. I'm so honored that they gave me this. At least, album. They, at least they collect good stuff though. Yeah, I know, right? and it's in great condition. Like, honey. are you gonna play it? That's what I want. Yeah. Or are you just gonna look at it, hold it, and sleep? They go told to me sleep to play it. it. He was like, her husband is the one that pulled up with it because he brought it from her house and. Um, it was like, make sure you play it on good speakers. Do you have good speakers? And I was like, I do, but they're not hooked up. I need, to, I still need to get a turntable. Then I realized that my that my late grandfather had one, and he told mm. me that he'd fix it for me if it could be restored. So okay. I'm just so grateful to them. Like that's awesome. Yes. Okay. So, so that's like I'm great karma. So do you do you play vinyl? Like do are do you? When ha- I'm at my grandmother's house, I play my granddad's old records. So I'm I'm just like. I want to see your face when you play the vinyl because it's such a different I know. experience. I have Stevie Wonder's. Well, I don't. Well, I guess I do. It's my grandfather. He has Stevie Wonder's visions on vinyl. Okay. And when I go to my grand, when I go to their house, I play it. 
Mm. It's so it's so warm and yes, the needle. Thick. There's nothing like needle on the vinyl. Yeah. Man. So you oh said you God. are gonna play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Pipe was saying, like too, like I feel like Thriller like changed like the definition of sound and how it was presented. Like yeah. so, when you get in that space and listen to Thriller, like I'm gonna die when I hear Lady in my life. <laughs> man, I just I, I remember song. when that album came out. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Like what? What year did Thriller come out? Like was it eighty three, something like that? Eighty three, eighty four, yeah. something like that. But I remember, no, it was earlier than that. I think it was around mm-hmm. 80, around eighty three. I think maybe so. I'm not and sure. um, I remember I was in intermediate school, or y'all call it middle school in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, eighty two. Was it eighty two? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So it was like eighty two. And um, I was trying to think. I, I it was like the whole thing. You know, that was Quincy Jones, you know, and it so it was just a very different. That was like the Quincy Jones, Michael Jackson team up mm-hmm. that like it just like revolutionized sound. Yeah. Like because he took that soulfulness and turned it pop, mm-hmm. you know, and it was it was incredible. He took, you know, this kid that had been from this family and been from this group and then just I mean, he was already doing his solo stuff. Mm-hmm. But Thriller made him a star. Like, he was already a star. He was already big. Mm-hmm. But Thriller, that I mean, not just that one record. I mean, the whole album. Mm-hmm. That, like, the way... And they it took them, I want to say, like, four years, maybe, for that album, you know, like, for them to, like, stretch out that album. Because it was, like, singles. It was music videos. He was the first artist, really, like, black artist, really, on MTV. You know, because they weren't even playing black artists on MTV. He was like one of the only ones they would play mm. for like a long time. Yeah. You know what I mean? The uh, the Thriller video, was that like his most like epic visual mm-hmm. to that yeah. point? It was any, it was the world's yeah. most epic. Yeah, that shit. <laughs> he, he revolutionized music video. Because before then, you have to understand, the genre of music video was like a little strange. It was like experimental. Like now everyone is like video, 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 video. Mm-hmm. But this is at a time, you know, no, nobody really had video. You know, you're, you know, vinyl heavy, radio heavy. Mm-hmm. And the way you get into your artist visually is through their album covers. Mm-hmm. So that's what the album artwork was about. That's how like Parliament Funkadelic and all that yeah. with those Earth, intricate, you know. And so you really, covers. you relate it to your artist through, through, through you know, you would look through the you know the album cover through the entire album that's an experience because you're touching it too you're touching it it's very sensory you're imagining Mm -hmm. you have this you know it's like pictures it's like single like just pictures and you just have this whole thing going on the whole time so (sighs) yeah it's just amazing (laughs) like you're gonna have so much fun you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. with uh it's so funny. I just, I, I'm looking forward to you looking forward to it. Me too. <laughs> I so got to go to my how, grandma's uh, house and listen to it. I can't even wait to get my own now. I know. Wow. Yeah. Um, but it's so funny how Michael Jackson carries over to like all like generations. Like those kids, like how have they how they have that moment. Like I feel like all my coworkers be like, well, so-and-so is in their Michael Jackson phase. Like mm. they love Billie Jean right now. They love Thriller. Like I remember. It's universal music. Yes. yes. I remember. The frequency. I was still like, he was still releasing music like when I was like a kid. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean? Like I just still remember having a Michael Jackson moment, you know, where the first time you having a little sleepover and you watching Thriller video like Halloween, like around this time, you know what yeah. I mean? Like. 
Just epic. That's funny that that became a thing because um, I remember when the the thriller. Well, I remember when the um, what's the one when you when he stepped on the uh, Billie Jean, right? Yeah, Billie Jean. And I remember when the Billie Jean music video came out, and everyone was like, "Oh, like how did he do that?" <laughs> you know, it was just like revolutionary. You know, yeah. like stepping on the lights. And and that one was the one when all you know everyone was like, "Oh my god!" And then when Thriller came out, it was very different because before then the genre of music videos was white guys experimenting, and it was all weird, like people from Europe, and they were doing like strange stuff, or it was like a lot of walking, <laughs> a lot of walking in the street, or yeah. a lot of in studio kind of weird stuff, or even 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 when even when black folks did video, like most musicians did like the 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 band in the studio mm-hmm. and like you know that's pretty boring right like watching a band and like play music in the studio i think about this whispers music video a lot where they're walking down the street just jamming and then they stop and like do this little routine <laughs> and then they keep oh yeah jam- turn around yeah i think so uh, do, 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 do. Yeah. i think it's that song yeah <laughs> and even even like uh you know uh luther you know so yes most of the yeah most of these videos were like you know they didn't really have concepts mm-hmm. they didn't they were just, yeah, like, get the camera, go do whatever. Or they were really weird. Or they had, like, really strange concepts. I don't know if y'all uh, know anything about... But the about, women uh, had good videos, like, um, Sherelle and... Uh, who else? Well, like the, women had to, the women had to have hair, makeup, yeah. gowns. Stephanie Mills, yeah. Like, you, like, the women, you know, the, those Lawford. standards. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? The women had to have that whole sort of thing going on you know uh but yeah i just remember uh, larry blackman yes larry blackman <laughs> with uh it's like candy, candy. yes those the, visuals i remember watching that as a kid and i was like oh that's what music videos right? used to look like back then oh you know what my, my video is I grew up in the missy elliott era the, uh, so. oh yeah <laughs> that, that video uh that was epic. she's right. strange but I like it. I love that She's song. She's strange. That's the way she is. You know that song? Yeah, I know the walking song. Walking down I don't know the, the video. avenue. It's, oh, it's um a, a woman and she's walking down the street. I mean, it's just very exactly what the lyrics say. Okay. <laughs> so, but he's got on that little like what is it called? Like the penis cup thing. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Oh my god! The, for the for the football play, you know what is yeah. that? You know what the I mean? Jack strap type. Thing. Yeah, but it was like the protective thing, and that was like cup, a part. Yeah. yeah, that was a part of his like his like costume. Ugh, yeah. <laughs> I want to read y'all something because we're talking yeah. about a lot about black ownership. Listen to this. John Landis was in London in 1983 when Michael Jackson called to ask if he was interested in making a video for Thriller. The little, uh, excuse me, the title track of the album he released a little under a year before. Seemingly unaware at the time difference, Jackson had called at 2 a.m. UK time and the sleepy director had to fiend knowledge of the song, which he hadn't heard. Jackson, for his part, hadn't seen Landis films Animal House, The Booze Brothers, or Trading Places. He wanted Landis because an American, uh, of an American werewolf in London. Landis said he would do the video if it could be a short film, and Jackson embraced the idea. The 13-minute film that resulted changed the music video forever, becoming a less a promo clip than a cultural phenom. Even now, Christy Ward can perform the Thriller dance on Newsnight as a Halloween joke, and everyone gets it. Like. It's just funny, like, we open up and talk about the industry and how it lays. And last week we were talking about, like, branding and 
artist control and things of that nature and how they probably aren't the ones really making the call. They're probably not the ones really designing the sets. Like mm-hmm. to just hear in a, a random article about Thriller, someone's perspective of it, you hear ownership, like him making a call, him saying, I agree, him negotiating what it was going to be and him picking who it, it was going to be. You know what I mean? Well, he that had been on. well. He had been in the music business at that point yeah, since he was a child. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. he was in a you know he was an adult. He had left Motown. Um, left Joe. Yeah, and you know he was rolling with Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones was like, "Let me show you. Let me show oh, you." Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so you know, I mean, that was his like stepping out on his own to do his vision different, separate from his brothers, separate from the Jackson five, because even his, even the off the wall, which I don't care what none of y'all say, that is my favorite Michael Jackson album oh, of yes. all time. Oh. Yes. That's my favorite. Mm-hmm. That's the number one one. Yes, ma'am. I know if Kari comes in here, he going to say thriller, but whatevs. <laughs> but, um, but even cool. that was still more, on the super soulful side, which I prefer, mm-hmm. that soulful blacker Did you Michael like Jackson. Invincible? Which like, song? Oh no. No, but there were some good cuts there on were. there, like Heaven Can Wait. That's a good. And one. what? Uh, what was that other one? It was a soulful album. I know why you're bringing it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He had some good cuts on there. That was the one where he was in that music video with Chris Tucker too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Butterflies is on that one. Yeah, it, it is. No, I like Butterflies. Shout out to uh, Marsha Ambrosia. Yeah, that was great, great writing. Mm-hmm. Was, he, 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 man, talk about like understanding the times and still him being himself, but like, like kind of like giving into that neo soul vibe that was, yeah. you know, you know, yeah, rampant during staying the time. relevant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. But I think you know uh, Rodney Jerkins. Why did Drake just tells this story about <laughs> how when you, you know he did the the album with Michael or song or whatever he did project he did with Michael, and um, he talks about Michael's work ethic, and you know many, you know most of the rappers or artists or whatever they when and their writer which is like their you know let you know everything they want. He said you know for their studio writer they would have all this like you know champagne and weed and all this other stuff, you know, stuff they needed, cookies or whatever. He said, uh, and Michael Jackson, the top star in the world, he said his writer, all he wanted was a cot, like a pack of white undershirts, like 30 white undershirts for like each day and like a, 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 a like a 10 pack of ivory soap and a bucket. <laughs> and he said that was in his writer and he said he just stayed in the studio for like a month. And they, they, they did a month and then they did the project and it was done. And he said he was a beast. He had a, the work ethic of a beast. He said all, the, all they did was just like make music every single day, day to night for like a whole month and it was done. He said he had worked with all these big stars, you know, and they needed all this stuff and they would, you know, they couldn't do this and they couldn't create unless they had that and they couldn't create unless they had that and the Blue M&Ms and the this and the that and the Pitbull and this and the you know, diamond flavored cocoa puffs and, you know, just all this stupid stuff. And he was like, and they would just come out and probably have like one song, you know, in <laughs> a month. Wild. I and love I was it. like, wow. I, lo- I mean, you can hear it in the music too. Like it's so different. Like you can hear like just even how Thriller comes on, like the breaks, how it goes from each song to oh. each song. Like 
Yes. <laughs> you felt that. <laughs> like you felt it. Like, oh shit, something about to go down. Like what? Yeah. And then just it's just everything. Like the when we're talking about videos, I know we've been talking about Michael for a second, but like Remember the time with Eddie Murphy and was that uh what's her name? Iman. 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 Oh my gosh, that was such a great music video. How dare you forget my name, darling? <laughs> Do you know who I am? Was that kind of like a coming to America like? It was not, the right? yeah. It was like you know yeah definitely because you know Eddie Murphy yeah. you know was in there and that was funny too that mm-hmm. video. Between Michael Jackson and Eddie Murphy. Yeah, that was Hilarious. funny. It was. Yeah, but that dancing in there was incredible, right? It was. Mm-hmm. Costumes. Mm-hmm. That, that video costume. was incredible. It was beautiful. Like, lots of gold. Like, it was just amazing. So, um, yeah, I guess we won't touch on the Michael Jackson controversy right now. We got other stuff to talk about. but uh, no, We don't need to. It's just Michael, so painful. Michael can breathe, right? It's just so painful. Let me tell you something. I mean, I'm as an activist... And I just have to keep it a buck. I so love Michael Jackson. Like, that's my whole mm-hmm. life. I love Michael too. Jackson. Before I was born and all the way through, I can't believe I outlived him, you know. But, I mean, as an activist, though, in the activist community, like, you're not allowed to play his music. Like, at any at any activist function, like, Why? his music's not allowed to be played. Um. Because of the child stuff, yeah. Because of accusations, and um, was he ever charged? Um, he was not. Okay, he was not. Okay. So, but yeah, an activist in the activist world, no, you, you know, you can't play Michael Jackson music. You know, he's like, it's 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 so painful. So weren't we talking about uh, R. Kelly last week too? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Damn it. It's so painful. But I mean, I just I Michael mean, Jackson's music I just got to keep it a buck. Like, yeah, like Michael Jackson's music is the music of like my entire lifetime. And, yeah. and it was so positive and so he hit it on life giving. He hit it on all cylinders. His, yeah. His, his activism within his music, his I mean, Michael, his his openness to tell you that he learned everything from James Brown and how he studied the great. Mm-hmm. You know how he really appreciated and Jackie music. Wilson. Yeah, yeah. You know he appreciated the art form. You know what I mean. He didn't mm-hmm. just evolve. You know we talk about people, artists that can evolve, and I think that's one thing people used to. Oh, other rappers when Drake. You just mentioned Drake when Drake first came out. People said the reason why they accepted and embraced Drake so much is because everything about his music you could tell he studied. He studied. He became a student in order to make those hit songs. Whether you like Drake as a lyricist or not. It's the difference when an artist studies the art form. And so Michael wasn't just evolving to keep up with the times. He knew to do that because he knew the art form. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And he he just was brilliant. You know, like I said, I think his music is a whole a whole curriculum, like a whole entire curriculum when you talk about uh, sound and vision. And, and collaboration. Yeah, collaboration. And business. And business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yeah. I get it, though. I get I get people's trauma and i understand a lot of the things that go on and but you know to each his own when you know you're discussing things that we don't have a lot of information about you know but we you know yeah i get it um did you want to say more about the record or no i'm just excited to get my grandfather's turntable restored hopefully is it what what is it is it what what, you know what it is 
No, I just know it's a single player. It's not like a whole like system thing. I don't know. I but really is it, don't you know. Should, you, I got my. I got my. I had a similar situation. My um, my aunt's husband. Um, I had a. I think it was like a '74 Panasonic, mm-hmm. and I got it restored. It was cool. Um, I think it's based on me getting mine restored. I think it's based on like where you go. Like, and I know with your followers and people you know are in music, you might find a better shop than what I did. Well, my coworker's husband offered to do it for me when he gave me the record. Oh, yeah, I would for sure let him do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If he got yeah. a record like that, he can for sure. You know? <laughs> like, he knows something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Yep. Also, too, um, yeah, maybe start there because I was going to say um, maybe, like, people's records or um, mm-hmm. yeah. something like that. Yep. Yeah. Oh, so exciting. We should have definitely have like a vinyl party or something. Like Let's a, do like it. The three of us listen to music. That would be a total vibe. Let's, we could do that every week. We could do it. Yeah, party every week. Let's do it. Party on the turntable. <laughs> so I'm going to, I don't know, my segment is kind of long. Go ahead. Is it cool? I mean, yeah. I wonder, so. Piper Carter. We, uh, oh my goodness. Wait. <laughs> Wanted to ask you about Trump. Oh. Yeah. Y'all, so people were saying it's a hoax, huh? Yeah, the October surprise. Mm-hmm. So the October surprise is like this theory in, in politics that um, basically some sort of drama will happen in the month of October right before a political election between one of the candidates. Mm-hmm. So it started off as like, I think the origin of it came from, like, an ad or something like that Mm -hmm. back in, like, I want to say Reagan's terms or something. Mm -hmm. Reagan's term, I'm sorry. Um, But it came from, like, a store ad or something like that. And then someone in politics used it in an interview after, let's see, Reagan faced Jimmy Carter and um, during the Iran hostage crisis, they referred to that as the first October... um, October surprise. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it seemed like drama just kept happening in every election in October. Um, following with, like, I think President Bush got pulled over for drunk driving in October. Wow. And, yeah. Like, yeah. So the October surprise. And in 2020, Trump caught COVID. It's very poetic, I must say. So, yeah, if you just go on the wiki, uh you know, they have, like, the whole chronological order. So it was uh, Nixon versus McGovern. Okay. So that was 72. Then in 80, Carter versus Reagan. Mm-hmm. 92, Bush versus Clinton. And on, on, on. Uh, wait, so what else? Uh, the 2000, Gore versus Bush. In 2003, the California governor recall election. 2004, <laughs> Bush versus Kerry. Um, so you keep going. And, you know, up until now... And yeah, so it basically says that it it happens to like influence the outcome of the election. I'm mm-hmm. laughing because I'm I'm not digressing too much, but last week <laughs> when Kari was like, uh, I wanted Al Gore to go down in Florida and count them votes. <laughs> Do y'all right. know what I'm saying? That, that was right. so funny. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that's uh that's wild. That's wild that they can you can go and find a chronological order of something happening every October. Every October. It's so hilarious. Well, and, also, too, mm-hmm. uh, this Michael Moore, um, he has, like, this conspiracy in The Independent um, that Trump is actually faking his diagnosis. Oh, he 
trying to pull a Kim Jong Un. <laughs> so let's uh, <laughs> uh, critical think through this one. So he's faking it, which what does that accomplish to you guys? Oh man, a whole bunch. I'm listening. So first of all, it's a it's a <laughs> marketing. Uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a simple marketing like uh, what would you call the that? Vaccine. He yeah, said he pushed on Twitter, the vaccine. He said on Twitter today that he was feeling better than he did twenty years ago. <laughs> of course, of course he does. He's so extreme. That's what he said after leaving the Walter or something some medical Walter center. Reed Medical yes, Center. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. If 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 we're going with that, then uh, if that's our theory, then I would definitely say yeah. Then he owns the rights to the vaccine or the patent or where he's involved or and it's like oh look at me it works for me right so if anything like that you know what do you guys think about them saying that he arrived too late to uh <laughs> test before the debate of course <laughs> how convenient and and how convenient well they offered rolling them around masks. in people's faces yeah his whole family besides melania that night had on a mask um no well, i mean the other way around yeah, melania yeah. was the only one sorry yeah because the doctor one offered them masks and they declined yeah they were all sitting there it, that's what i said it was, it was on there's footage of hilarious. a doctor offering the masks and they they passed they were like no wow i mean and how many people's faces has he been in everyone the whole house is getting sick not just the house but all his meetings mm -hmm. his staff mm -hmm. yeah Okay. I don't know. But speaking you, of... Uh, oh, go ahead. You had a I question. I was just thinking about, you know, what you guys are saying, marketing, and then I'm just thinking about what does this say to his base, you know? I In terms of what? They believe him. They're praying. I mean, everyone's praying for him, right? Uh, <sighs> Ava. What the hell was that? Ava who? Duvernay? Yes. what you say? All the liberals are praying for him. She said, I hope you get better. You're an evil man, but I hope you get better. Mm. And now he's better. And he was like, um, or so, he said something about how we can beat COVID or something like that, or COVID's not that. He basically said they're diminished the severity of COVID because he's feeling all right. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, you know, I'm telling you, it's going to be to sell this drug. And I'm telling you, he nine times out of 10, I'm telling you, he own, he has some ownership in it. Oh, absolutely. This is what I'm saying. Bill Gates can't have all the fun. Come on now. Okay, so speaking of COVID, this is the part I wanted to talk to y'all about. There's a, there's two things. So one, I wanted to play a couple of things both related to uh to testing, okay? So one is about, like, testing of, you know, people and how they're coming up with, you know, these standards. So, like, I don't know. I mean, uh, when we look at, you know, when we look at, um, you know, the way in, 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 in which, uh, we're, you know, they're managing the, uh, the disease or the ways in which they're managing, you know, how to, how to understand how to deal with the disease. Um, I pulled up, uh, some clips and, so we've seen, you know, we've heard them say there's like a thousand people dying every day. Um, we've seen these different charts. I don't know if y'all have looked in the newspaper. You know, they always have the different charts like 
you know, the uh, the death number like versus the cases. Right. And remember, um, we saw like this huge spike, you know what I'm saying, in April of deaths. And then it was decline, 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 decline. But like at the same time, we saw skyrocketing like the number of cases, but it was because of the testing. You know what I mean? And so um, there's a, I want to, man, there's a couple of clips I want to play for y'all. But I just have like a a couple of things that I'm thinking about these clips. And I guess I'm going to like, I'm going to like save what I'm talking about um, for like, you know, when I play the clips. So uh, what is this first clip that I'm going to play for you? Um, Okay. So this is um, Randy Hillier. And this clip is basically from uh, the United. uh, Wait, where is this clip from? Okay. So uh, Randy Hillier, if you know about uh, Canada, Canada has like a parliament, which is kind of like our kind of Senate Congress. And, um, he's an independent member. So we've got like Republicans and Democrats, but in, you know, Canada and other countries, they, they actually allow their other party members to have say. So like he, he's a member of the independent, you know, he's an independent member. Um, so he asked the prime minister that's represented by the health and human services official about the PCR test. Um, and yeah, so I'm just going to play this clip and it's no wonder, I mean, y'all tell me if y'all understand anything that they're saying right here. So, uh, okay. My question is to the premier. Are COVID policies and the risk that they pose requires an honest and forthright discussion? Dr. Yeadon, a former chief scientist with the pharmaceutical giant Pfizer, has stated, and I quote, most if not all of the PCR tests result in false positives due to high CT thresholds. Juliet Morrison, a virologist at the University of California states, and I quote, any test with a cycle threshold above 35 is too sensitive. The Public Health Agency of Canada reported in May of this year that testing over 25 cycles provides dubious results. The prestigious Oxford professor, Dr. Carl Hannigan, has stated a PCR test does not equal COVID-19. Speaker, my question to the Premier, is your testing creating both a false understanding of the risk as well as false positives? Thank you, Speaker. The uh, PCR testing is very effective in areas where there are outbreaks. It has proven to be so. We are receiving that information. We need that information in order to take action. We have taken action on several fronts in terms of limiting social, unmonitored social gatherings, limiting uh, uh, capacities in restaurants and bars and in other actions that we've taken. But I'm not quite sure what the member is suggesting. Are you suggesting we don't do any testing? We don't, we just stop testing? Is that the, the reaction that we should be taking with this? What else would you suggest? Back to the Premier, and I'm glad that question was posed. On July 30th, the Deputy Medical Officer of Health, Dr. Barbara Yaffe, stated, and I quote, our testing can result in over 50% false positives. 
That is, the person actually doesn't have COVID. They have something else, or they have, may have nothing. She has also called for limits on testing of asymptomatic people, while the government calls for more. Another contradiction in a long list of COVID contradictions. We know high false positive rates are due to high CTs, and Canadian and world experts agree it should not be more than 25 cycles. Yet according to the Journal of Virology, Ontario labs are testing samples at 38 to 45 cycles. That's what needs to be done. Speaker to the Premier, when did the Premier become aware of these faulty tests and practices? And why have you done nothing to fix them since at least July? I would say to the member, there are zero inconsistencies coming from our public health experts. Dr. Yaffe has clarified what she indicated before. What she indicated before was that the PCR testing is very effective in areas where we are having outbreaks, such as what we're seeing in various parts of the province right now, in Peel, in Ottawa, and in Toronto. We need that testing to make those decisions. We are taking action where we need to take action. We're looking at other methods of testing as well. Some of the antigen testing is looking very promising. It looks as if Health Canada is going to be approving that. It's a good screening tool, but we need every tool that we can use at our discretion. PCR testing, antigen testing. We're looking at saliva testing. We need everything that we can do for screening and for testing purposes to keep the people of Ontario safe and healthy. Okay, so uh, just wanted to kind of pause it there. Let me see if I did. I did I play the whole clip? Uh, yeah, that, that was the whole clip. Points. So, um, and she is Christine Elliott, just FYI, and she's the uh, Minister of Public Health. Okay, for for uh, for Ontario. So, I wanted to see y'all's reaction to that. Did you understand like everything that was being said? Shocked, and I like the way that it was it was presented. I mean, it's everything that I've been thinking. Which is what? Um, that there are a lot of tests that will come up with false positives, just like in the NFL. They were caught in the NFL with a lot of guys had false positives. Uh, I don't know if they ran into that in the NBA, but I know that. The NFL wasn't the only industry that false positives came up. No, their saliva uh, saliva tests are still coming back as false positives everywhere. Mm-hmm. So what it so okay so long story short, um, something I was thinking about. All right, so basically, um. We know that, like, the medical lab industry is also part of, like, this medical uh, industrial complex, right? Like, big pharma. And, um, you know, I guess basically the way that he was presenting it is, like, that these, you know, labs are just doing too many tests. You know, if it's supposed to be, uh, what does he say, the recommended was 25 cycles, in the U.S. is recommended 30 cycles. And he was saying some of them were doing somewhere between, you know, like 38. 45, yeah, 38 to 45 cycles. And so, you know, each time that the lab, you know, does a test, processes a test, like that's money that they get, you know, for like each test. Um, that's just something to think about. Uh, 
just in the context of, you know, I wanted to play that for y'all just to see, you know, what y'all's reaction to it is or get some feedback, what you think about it, you know, just in general. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I told you. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's straightforward. I It was good dialogue. I it was mean. good dialogue, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I've got another clip uh, related to testing. Um, but this one is for testing the vaccine. So, you know, there's all these companies that are rushing to be like the vaccine, Mm -hmm. you know, now this clip is a way lot longer. I might stop it in between, but, um, just to give you some understanding. So basically, uh, coronavirus vaccine trial participants, report day-long exhaustion, fever, and headaches, but they say it's worth it. Now, this is according to a CNBC article in the health and science portion. Um, This came out uh, October the 1st, and they updated it yesterday, actually, on Sunday um, at about 9 a.m. So uh, this information, if you want to follow Christina Farr, uh, on Twitter or Berkeley Lovelace Jr. or what his name is Berkeley Jr. on uh, they're they're on Twitter. They're the they compiled or wrote this article. So the key points are uh, high fever, body aches, headaches, and exhaustion are some of the symptoms participants in Moderna and Pfizer's coronavirus vaccine trials say they felt after receiving the shots. While the symptoms were uncomfortable and at times intense. They often went away after a day, sometimes less. The phase three trials are critical uh, last step needed to get the vaccines cleared for distribution. Um, And if you go into the article, it goes through this whole uh, story. But basically, they did like a double blind, which um, it says the trials, uh, which have tens of thousands of participants, are double blind, meaning... Half of them are receiving saline or another placebo and patients don't know what treatment they that they're receiving. Um, and the healthcare uh, worker administering the vaccine is also in the dark. So, um, yeah, so neither, you know, one of them knows. Right. Uh, That's so they get so they go through those type of stories. Um, so then they go through some stories about people saying that they had been um, bed bound and you can, you know, th- hear all the nastiness. They say that they endured. <laughs> I won't belabor y'all um, with some of that, but, um, but infectious disease specialist Florian Kramer of New York's Mount Sinai said on Twitter that the side effects reported in Moderna's phase one trial are unpleasant, but not dangerous. Um, So it remains to be seen whether kids and pregnant women will experience uh, similar symptoms. Uh, There's some short-term pain associated with it. So if approved, uh, the COVID-19 vaccine would um, not be the first to cause short-term pain and discomfort. In some patients, it's a simple fact that some vaccines are more unpleasant to take than others. Um, yeah. So uh, they go through, uh, you know, different people talking about their, you know, their pain. And like they said, at the end, people are 
saying that they feel that it's worth the risk. I want to move over here to these side effects. Um, I wonder what bed bound means. Does that make you feel like your whole body got a tetanus shot? Cause I- um, so I'll read you one. It says, after getting the first shot on August 18th, uh, one person said he felt uh, a little under the weather for several days with a low-grade fever. He got his second shot at a clinic on September the 15th. Eight hours later, he said he was bedbound with a fever of over 101, shakes, chills, a pounding headache, shortness of breath. He said the pain in his arm where he received the shot felt like a goose egg on my shoulder. He hardly slept that night, recording that his temperature was higher than 100 degrees for five hours. Um, he said after 12 hours, he said he felt back to normal and his energy levels returned. Um, having, uh, signed a lengthy consent form, he was aware that he might experience symptoms, but he was still struck by the severity and duration. Um, so yeah, um, there's a couple of more there. Um, but if you go down here to the side effects, it says Pfizer's, Pfizer's phase one study showed short-lived fever, mostly mild to moderate in severity, uh, can be expected in a minority of recipients of the, it's called the BNT162B2, and they gave them 30, is this, what's MCG? Not sure. Uh, so that's a spokeswoman uh, Jerrica Pitts for Pfizer. That's what she said. Um, no safety signals have been identified in the study uh, that she said in an email. As discussed earlier, safety and tolerability of our vaccine candidate are continuously monitored by Pfizer qualified personnel and a DMC, an independent external data monitoring committee, uh, which has access to unblinded data. A Moderna spokesperson said the company does not comment on participants in ongoing clinical trials, but added that the safety committee has recommended that the study continue as planned at each review. Uh, And a spokesperson from the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, which is helping to develop Moderna's vaccine, declined to comment and referred to CNBC to a press release and a Q&A for information about how participant safety is being monitored. Um, yeah, so then they're talking about educating the public. Uh, so the person who's a member of the study, uh, you know, on the uh, receiving side, said he's concerned that the pharmaceutical manufacturers have not sufficiently informed the public about potential side effects. And if the vaccines are approved, he fears it might cause a widespread spread backlash if word spreads which is why he decided to go public now so um uh it says the white house has dubbed its project to bring a vaccine to market in record time as it's called operation warp speed which has raised concern that drug makers may take shortcuts to produce one quickly Uh, President Trump's push to have a vaccine ready before the November 3rd election um, also isn't helping to allay those fears. So this is 
really going in line with uh, what we were talking about in terms of him talking about, yeah, yeah, like I'm okay, everything's okay. I feel better than I did 20 years ago. It says um, a, a, a physician in the Baltimore p- participating in the Pfizer study is due for his second dose on Saturday. While he said his symptoms were very mild for the first dose, he wouldn't be surprised if others experienced symptoms more serious than a flu shot and said people should be prepared for that. Um, another participate, participant in Pfizer's trial said he was up all night after the first shot from the pain of the injection. Um, it says the booster injection he received caused more of that same pain in his arm, followed by intense flu-like symptoms that hit him around 1 a.m. He couldn't sleep that night without an electric blanket and shook so hard that it became uncontrollable and he cracked part of his tooth from chattering them. Oh, my goodness. He said it hurt to even just lay in my bed, he said, um, before he decided to see a doctor. It says despite all that, he remains pro-vaccine, and he said he is a big advocate for science. Um, and had he known in advance, he would have recommended getting the shot on a Friday so he could rest on the weekend. Okay. It says he recognizes that getting the virus would likely still be far worse for many people. Mm. Um, he said if it gets approved, I still think a lot of people should get the vaccine, and I hope that all the side effects are made uh, clear up front. First, let me just tell you, this is from CNBC. Um, the article is so CNBC.com. I don't know. What do y'all think about that? I mean, with them trying to push a vaccine and get one here, whoever it is, and for whatever reasons, you have to have human trials. If they want a vaccine released or at least approved by the end of this year, I mean, that's the phase that they should be in per their world. You know what I mean? So... Um, I just am wondering, um, how it's going to land. I think we, last time we even talked about a vaccine, it was probably like April or May episode. Still curious on how it's going to land. Um, meaning I'm wondering how they're going to, uh, promote it. I wonder how they're going to, uh, if, you know, if it's going to be anything that's going to be legislated. Uh, um, I'm I personally don't plan on taking uh the vaccine. Um I'm not an anti-vaxer. I just don't want to take a vaccine. Um I probably need to be a little bit better and consistent with my lifestyle uh to ensure that I'm not put in a position where I have to take one. Um but I mean, this is not the first vaccine that has ever been administered um to the public the way that this one will be um you're gonna have people who are gonna take it you have people who are gonna think that they're gonna need it you're gonna have people who are gonna say that this is the government's attempt to take away freedom i think that there's truth in that i mean there's truth in in everything so i mean when i say everything meaning uh it being a political weapon there's i'm pretty sure there's truth in that um it you know allowing us to find quote unquote normalcy. I'm sure for you know there's truth in that for some people as well. So for me personally, I'm good on a vaccine. Um, I think that uh, it's just like a car. The first a car that comes out, you know, 
I will wait as long as possible. Um, like you guys said, wash your hands. And there was something else you guys said the other week when it came to COVID. What, what are your thoughts, Deja, on any of that? Um, I don't want to take a vaccine either. I don't know if I'm anti-vax or not. I'm not for them, but I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just thankful that I'm not a parent, so I don't have to make those decisions for mm. someone else because I don't mm. personally like vaccines. And unfortunately, because I work for a health system, I have to get a flu shot every year. Mm. And I hate it, but I just, you know... You know, I just take my vitamins and I eat my greens and I mm-hmm. keep other colors in my diet just to make sure, like you said, that I'm healthy. So I don't know. I, I have to do what I have to do because of my job, unfortunately, and that's trash. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I don't, like I said, I'm just thankful that I don't have to make those decisions for someone else right yeah. now because I, I, I don't want that. I don't we, want that in my body. And yes. I don't want that in anyone else's body either. Mm. We talk about having to travel and go to Africa and go to certain parts of the country. You have to take, you got to get, you have to get I, vaccinated, yeah, you know? I know? So I'm not sitting here acting like I would never do, never travel to Africa. Exactly. That's why I'm like, I can't say I'm not, but I just don't want it in my body. Yeah, so. I don't either, you know? Mm-hmm. So, mm. pipe. It's going to be some hard decisions I'm going to have to make. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want it. I do not want no vaccine i'm I'm an anti-vaxxer i don't believe in vaccines mm-hmm. like i don't believe in vaccinating children no you know um i don't believe in flu shot mm-hmm. like i just don't believe in vaccines i just don't believe in it i had to get a vaccine when i went to brazil mm-hmm. it was like that was the only way they was let me on the plane yeah um i really didn't want to get it but i really wanted to go to brazil and i tried to figure out how I could like I I did everything in my power. I mean, I maybe if I had applied to be a diplomat, <laughs> then I, mean, I wouldn't have had to get it. But I mean, just in I like I just I don't want to do it, and I don't recommend anybody else do it. Um, I mean, if you you know have to do it for work or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like that, it is what it is. You know, your body is self healing, right? So the the goal is to remember on all angles that your body's self-healing that's if you have to take quote unquote of the vaccine pardon me that's really the point of a vaccine is to get it into your body so that it can fight it and get familiar with it understood but but i guess the reason other thing right the reason why i'm saying that is if you have to take a vaccine Mm -hmm. your body if the way that you eat piper the way that you eat asia it will be fine it will be able to still i think do the things that it needs to do it's not going to ruin your system Right. So it is what it is. It, but uh, remember, we are we, to me, I feel like there's a whole nother animal to this vaccine. Of course. I do believe that there is some sort of technology inside of this vaccine that has tracking and tracking device, because for ever since the beginning of this covid, what's the first thing that they did in the beginning? They had the maps. Remember, they have the heat maps. When we were looking at the COVID heat maps and the tracking and, um, you know, all the ways that they track people and then track people that have been vaccinated, well, have been treated and have tracked people that have had it and track people that have, you know. Is it true that's on the Apple covered? update now? Well, which part? Well, there's one on, I think if your phone is currently, well, not, I don't know, like the last update has it. Because if I go in my settings, there is. When it has what? Let me see because I have iPhone. Device. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, Exposure all your phones. notifications. Yeah, like, remember, they've been doing that, like, uh, there, all the way since March. There was March. a specific yeah. update, right? There was a specific new update, though. There's oh, a, probably. What is it, know. like, you have to check it's yourself a in? It's a, it's a, it gives you the option, but people are saying, like, if you down, I mean, if you get the update, like, and it's, it's automatically on your phone, so, yeah, you have to opt in it, mm-hmm. but just the fact that they naturally automatically put it on there, it's a wrap, like they're going to be able to track you regardless because you got the update. But I mean, your phone is a tracking device anyway. Agreed. Mm-hmm. No, hundred percent. We already, we always talk about that. Yeah. Your you phone's already that. tracking device GPS, yeah. but I'm just saying like in terms of, you know, having something physically in your skin, like under yeah. a layer of your muscle, <laughs> your veins, you know, um, they're playing around with a lot of biotech. I don't know if you've, if you've seen um, around the city, they have all these like, random like public biotech labs like you could go in there and do whatever biotech you want to do so imagine you know with people that are like super highly funded you know i mean i don't know i I just i have zero trust in corporations i have zero trust in um any of these institutions i have zero trust um in in the government i mean i do i mean just be honest with you and i don't believe that any of this stuff that they're that they're doing is supposed to be to actually like help people. I do believe that all of the solutions that they're coming up with are ways in which to enslave people or and or to uh you know lock people up and or you know uh population control. So um which includes you know uh deciding, right? Like who lives, who dies. Uh Anyway, I, th- th- that's the way I think about it. I mean, it might sound conspiratorial or no, crazy. Or... I think we all three are on the same page with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so, just a reality. It's just a reality to the fact that um, people are still going to take it. Is the, I mean, I wonder if it's even, you know, how they were able to, you know, approve travel because of, you know, COVID. Is that going to be part of the legislation? Like, if you want to travel to certain areas... You I know, feel like they're going to do that. You're going to have to have a COVID. Like, that's going to be now one of the And COVID will be vaccine. one, and then the next virus will be another. And then, the, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do see them doing that. So, yeah, hard decisions for folks to make. We, we should definitely have, like, through your Rolodex, Piper, a conversation about them, a deep conversation about the immune system mm-hmm. with some of the healers in the community. Okay. With it being the weather, you know, changing over. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Yeah, okay. let's do it. Cool. Um, I don't know. Do y'all want to... Let's go to you, Brittany. Um, I mean, we're just basically sticking with COVID. I mean, um, Michigan, I'm trying to understand where what phase we're in. Mm-hmm. I don't 100% know, but I do know just without like understanding the phases and where we're at that, you know, bowling alleys that have leagues can be open, bars can be open, um restaurants are open with a capacity limit. Um you know, you guys have been all over the city. Um some, you know, through whatever you're doing, you see that a lot of restaurants have like uh turn their spaces into like having like tents and heated areas and bubbles. And I've seen all yeah, different types I've of, seen it too. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so people have definitely have been transforming um, to fit into the current legislation of what uh, governor Whitmere um, created. I think, you know, in April, we're still under the 
emergency policy. I don't think so. Are we? No. I, well, we're it's it. Well, that, I guess that's the point I'm getting to is that we're still we're still under it and it, it's getting ready to expire. And because of that, the Supreme Court um, of Michigan ruled it four to three um, that she has to open up the state completely by the end of the month. Um, so right now, the reason why she's still phasing it, like, for instance, movie theaters, um, I believe, open up uh, on the 9th and gyms. A lot of gyms are open. I think, but on the ninth, more gyms are going to be able to be, be open. But uh, when we get towards the end of the month, they're saying the emergency um, based on the Michigan Constitution uh, doesn't uphold mm -hmm. the way that they break it down um, and that she's, you know, forced to open back up. She's been very vocal about how she completely disagrees with their ruling. Uh, she doesn't believe that we're in a point where things can be completely open. Um, there's still a lot of confusion on what this means. Meaning people don't know that if me and Deja want to go to the Larry June concert, that's supposed to be rescheduled. If we're going to be able to attend at full capacity, like. Shit, I'm nervous. You know what I'm I saying? I don't like, even know if I, like, will I be comfortable? Right. If they say, if, right. no, like, say in November, Larry right. June comes, am I going to be, I haven't, like, I'm an anxious about that. I mean, right, there's a, there's a reality too. I do believe Trump is, you know, they just showed on CNN he's back at the White House pulling his mask off trying to be like Superman like showing off showing the fact that COVID is is just a, is a simple virus it's not as big as people make it out to be right where he has the best hospital attention that every, everyone has but are we really at the point where things are back to quote-unquote normal where we should be able to do the things that we want to do freely with no limits so, I mean, I just think it's interesting and we talk about the 2020 election, the importance of local politics, the importance of this specific presidential election. But for us in Michigan, you know, our our Michigan Supreme Court is uh, what the ruling is, I believe. I think it's four to three. I think you have four Republicans and three Democrats. I think you have two seats open, mm -hmm. um, one open because someone retired it. it they're, they're past their limit. And then one, I think. Is just open based on their eight-year term. So you talk about it being a Republican ruling. Um, I had to do some traveling this weekend to uh, going towards the northern part of the state. And uh, you already know what I'm getting ready to say. You know what I mean? You talk about the amount of supporters for this election. Uh, so you already know when you dial that back to um, local politics, Michigan politics, and it being you know, not it's not way off. It's not as off as it's been, you know, when it comes to this. Um, I think it's been as as bad as something like six to one ruling in the Supreme Court when it comes to Republicans. So it's not as bad as four or three, but it just still shows you how these type of things do influence us when we talk about decisions and rulings. And I just don't know if we're at the point where everything can be opened back up. I do believe in herd immunity. I do believe in that. Yes, me too. Um, so I don't know. What do you think, Piper? Well, I'm gonna just read y'all. So this was Thursday's update. Uh, represents 891 new cases, 19 additional deaths, including 11 from uh Vital Records Review on Wednesday. Okay, the state totals were 124,687 cases and 6,762 deaths. New COVID. 19 cases and deaths remain flat in Michigan. 
Testing has remained steady with an average of more than 30,000 per day with the positive rate just above 3% over the last 10 days. The state reported its highest one-day testing total with more than 41,000 diagnostic tests happening on August the 21st. Uh, Hospitalizations have slightly increased over the last two weeks, but the number of patients in critical care is near its lowest point since tracking dating back to April. Interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. Not to add, I know it's not Michigan, but the Tennessee Titans, Mm -hmm. in one week, 18 cases on their team. How many people are on the team? Hundreds, let's be clear. NFL team represents hundreds of people. We've got between coaches, players, probably 50 players. Mm -hmm. You know, so, but in one week, 18 players infected. Mm. So the NFL is saying, okay, we have a responsibility, duh. We're a corporation, right? Capitalism, capitalism. But... We want even want to see what you guys were doing when you were entering your facilities. The NFL has requested tapes of their organization to dial back to see where the ball was dropped. Mm. So this this isn't it hasn't. But would it have to be where a ball was dropped? It couldn't be in the locker room, or it couldn't. Oh, be... it could be. Who knows? Like we're still at the point of like who knows? Like here we are in what October. Yeah. And they're saying every single day almost how you can a different way that you can contract it or if it's in the same way through it being airborne. They're telling you how they're, you know, being able to be seen it in that viewpoint that it's, it's air, you know, airborne, you know. So we're still talking about that and it's October. So, I mean, no one knows like how people are getting infected. I mean, they know, but they don't know. Like. So if you go on, uh, it says Michigan's seven-day moving average for daily cases was 867 on Wednesday, the highest since April 30th. The state's fatality rate is 5.4%. Michigan has reported 95,051 recoveries. The state also reports active cases, which were listed as 22,800 as of Wednesday. So, um... Yeah, I mean, I think, so basically, we pretty much started shutting down, like, in March. Mm -hmm. And then we were pretty much shut down until, I want to say, was it June when she started opening up the restaurants and stuff? I think that, yeah, like June 8th or something like that. And then she started phasing stuff back in. What I don't understand is, so, the debates were what was that like thursday or something like that or wednesday yeah or tuesday i don't it's tuesday yeah it was like tuesday right yeah so the debate was like tuesday and like that next day you had white supremacists at the state capitol protesting against the governor talking about um open up the state but she but she was she's already gonna open up the state but she on october the 9th the the northern upper peninsula again yeah, they had another outbreak because they had an that. outbreak. So, yeah, they were those those folks were at the state capitol, um, you know, protesting, saying that she needs to open back up the state. But I'm like, OK, it just, it's just even funny hearing about though that where a lot of his uh, audience is in that area. It just makes me think about how they think. Like I've heard some people say, well, oh, you know, did you hear he got the virus talking amongst themselves? Mm-hmm. Oh, did you hear he got the virus? Well, who didn't get the virus, you know? 
first, exactly. first the virus was a hoax, right? You couldn't even get these people to wear a mask, right? right? Now we have our conspiracies on this virus and everyone is entitled to their opinion. But to sit here for one moment to honestly think that this was a hoax, you know what I mean? Well, my thing is, why would you go protest at the Capitol when the freaking state's opening? I mean, first of all, everything's been... There's nothing that you haven't been able to do uh, that you've needed to do. Like, pretty much most of the... To me, it seems like everything's been pretty much open. I mean, I know we that, that things were closed for some months, but it seems as though things started opening back up, you know? Uh, and then, uh, you know, you had the bars, you had the restaurants... Um, you know, doctor's office, you know, the only thing that, that isn't really open has been the government buildings and things like that. And, um, you know, gyms and stuff like that. But I mean, shoot, the gyms are opening on the ninth. And by the end of the month, every the whole sta- freaking state's going to be open for Halloween. To the be whole honest, country still has to wear masks, right? Yeah. Like, it's not, like, that's a... I don't know about every state. I don't state. know if it's federally, okay. like... Yeah, I don't know about every state. But I, I think... Gonna say Georgia, they're going state sure, to state. But that's what, they're, that's what they want. They don't want to wear masks anymore. Yeah, I was going to say the other oh thing is, is that their biggest argument to me is, is that she is overstepping her boundaries with power. They don't like the fact that they're being baby walked through stages. They feel less in the citizen. And not only that, they feel, of course, it's about the economy. But I think it's just as much about the fact that she is, they feel as, as if she's overstepping her boundaries by being able to dictate what's open and what's not. Let me tell you and something. That they, they feel like there's, there's a, what is it? They're that, just listening to Trump's rhetoric. A hundred percent. She's a woman. Yep. They don't, they're like, oh, that put that, yep. you know what, in yep. her place. Yep. Who does she think she is? And they're just going off of Trump's rhetoric that he said about her. They're not even listening to like reason or paying attention to facts. They're just looking at it like she's a woman. Shut her down. Shut her up. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what the whole thing is about. Tell you the truth. It has nothing to do with uh, common sense. I mean, I hate to use words like common sense, but it has nothing to do. Like, if I mean, come on, people are dying. People have died, you know, uh, so it's not, you know, it's not a hoax. And now their population. But remember also, too, there's a different there's a different strain of it. Right. right. And remember when they said there's a lethal strain that kills and then there's like mm-hmm. another strain. And uh, we found that out. And, you know, in Italy, they had a, a huge, huge dose of that lethal strain. Yeah. And, you know, uh my theory is they released that lethal strain into the black community mm-hmm. and now they're experimenting with the non-lethal strain in these white supremacist communities. That's my theory. Yeah. I mean, on a surface level, like picture Dan Rose. Okay. women, sure. Like everyone knows that the whole road, <laughs> the roads in Michigan are, is just a hoax itself. But I, with all that being said, in fairness, Whitmer has done an excellent job. I mean, she's been vocal. She's been in front of it. Um, She's been consistent. Um, She's, I think, partnered with great people to speak about it when it comes to science and people who are just in government. Um, I think what what gave me, I think I'll give her, you know, I think I'll give her A minus B, you know, but where I think she won with me is, is when she honestly realized that even though they were trying to bully her, she still made a great decision to realize that, Michigan is a big state and it's a big, there are a lot of different demographics. And when she started separating how she was doing things and moving people within stages and not just looking at it as one state is where she won me over. You know what I mean? Even though she didn't allow them to bully her, she still made that recognize, uh, she still recognized that amongst that noise, you know? So 
I mean, at the end of the day, it's noise. And I, if anyone was in uh, her position, I don't know if they should do it, have done it uh, any differently. I think that across the board, there's some inconsistencies and some hypocritical things about what's open and what's not open and what can be and what can't be. But overall, I don't think she's done a horrible job by any means. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, but also, too, just remember this whole protest against like opening or whatever. This has nothing to do with the actual virus. This is all political. Right. And so, you know, this is about power. This is about, um, you know, these followers are like going to do anything that Trump says. They're going to fall. They're going to follow him straight off the bridge right into into the abyss you know what i'm saying and if he says you know uh don't listen to your governor even though i'm i'm going to be honest with you i haven't felt that the state was even closed have y'all been inconvenienced in any kind of way by the state being closed at all i can't skate i can't eat in a restaurant like i used to but i mean i'll be all right I mean, I yes. guess. I mean, I mean, my family's okay. That's yeah, for the risk for that sacrifice, so I'm straight. Same, same. I mean, the only, I mean, and you got. I'm trying to think about what small businesses will be closed. You know, for a lot of them, they're saying a lot of their businesses have been affected in those in those parts of the state. A lot of small businesses. Have been oh man, it's 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 really deeply impacted small business. Yeah, so I can understand the anger and frustration there. Where you got these small businesses that are like, why the hell is the Home Depot open? But my store, you don't trust my store to be regulated and me to follow the instructions. Like, I there, I, I understand some of the arguments. Don't get me wrong. I'm they're not a com- completely delusional. But at the end of the day, um, it would be interesting to see, um, how many how many loans, how many things that were given to help the small businesses did that part of the state get uh, before I make a a hundred percent statement or comment. What are you and talking I'm, about? I'm talking about the the loans that these small businesses were given so that they could pay people and to keep their operations open when certain parts of the state open back up. So what I'm saying is, is I understand some of their argument on being closed, but at the same time, before I show too much empathy, I want to see how much money they receive. Well, I mean, small businesses in general got screwed. You know, I mean, there was some monies for them to try to, you know, put some tape on the blister but i mean at the end of the day uh what's the number i mean we should probably do a whole show on that so many businesses are just not gonna make it yeah so many businesses closed um so many people went out of business like so many people had to file bankruptcy like you know it's just a mess you know Mm -hmm. it's a the economy's a mess at the same time what i'm saying is um not the economy conversation not the small business conversation these white supremacists, their argument has nothing to do. I'm gonna be honest with you. Some of it with, I just don't believe that their That's argument has to do with it with this with this independence and this small business thing. I think it's completely political, and they're just followers of Trump. And anything that Trump says, they're just gonna follow him off the bridge. I think that's the majority of it. You know, because at the end of the day, I mean, like look at all the businesses in Detroit that are closed now so many businesses in Mm -hmm. detroit aren't you know uh people who own businesses and buildings and things have to rethink their entire lives right now their the the life of their entire families you know moving forward people who lost people you know people who lost everything 
you know, people just have to rethink their entire lives. I mean, it's just it's it's just a mess. But I mean, just in terms of like the conversation as it relates to the state being open. I mean, these white supremacists like that are at the Capitol protesting. I mean, their lives haven't been inconvenienced. I mean, uh, because they, you know, couldn't go to, I don't know, bowling. I mean, like that doesn't make sense to me that uh, you show up to the state capitol to protest because you can't go bowling. Are you freaking kidding me? Anyway, I I just I just I don't buy it. I don't buy their anger over the issues that they're saying. I just think that they are race soldiers and I think that they are zombies for Trump. And they just they just they're just like his army and they just turn up. And just like the whole like stand stand back and stand by, just like that whole thing. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, it's just like a whole, you know, it's just like a dog whistle, and they're just they just they just show up whenever he says, you know, like headless like headless horsemen. I don't know. I just I don't buy it. I don't buy their little. I, I call it fake anger. Um, mm-hmm. I just think it's ridiculous, but. I mean, I'm just sad, too, because, I mean, shoot, I'm sad about my gym, my gym that I love so much, uh, RIP Fitness Works, that was a part of um, Henry Ford Health Systems that had been here, I don't know, 30 years or something, had, had an indoor track and a a, a pool and um, sauna, steam room, you know, uh, the, the, the laundry that they do for you, the little locker that you can keep your stuff for the month, you know, the amazing staff and is inside of the Henry Ford health system next to the, um, what do you call that? The, uh, the, the physical therapy. And then they had the whole, you know, um, basketball gym, the racket, the, the, um, what do you call that? The racquetball courts, um, all the cycles, you know, they had yoga, they had all the different classes, you know, that's where we had African dance class and everything. I'm going to miss my gym. I'm going to miss the staff. I'm going to miss Rodney, the trainer, his mom, you know, um, Patsy. I mean, uh, the manager there, Cordell, you know, I'm going to miss like all of them. They're, they're like such a family, you know, and all the, all the uh, social justice activists was going to that gym. All the elected officials in the community were going to that gym. Like, you would see every single body from the community at that gym. And we got a letter, I don't know, like two weeks ago saying that Henry Ford decided that they're not going to reopen the gym. Man, that sucks. I'm um, so sorry to hear that. Yeah. Love that gym. Not because of COVID, though, but because they are expanding the beds that they need for the sick. How annoying is that? That's such a And the gym. gyms are opening like this coming Friday. Wow. I'm so sad. They just made a capitalist That's decision. That's such a great gym. The swimming pool. Isn't it? The racquetball. Oh, my God. I love that gym. I will say this. Even if they don't let us use it, I hope somebody rethinks and they really don't use that for beds for sick people. I really hope they keep it for rehabilitation mm-hmm. for people. Because to me, health is also, you know, being on the healthy side of health, not just like in the bed. Being active. Yeah. Right? I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm so sad. Mm-hmm. So now I need to, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to decide, like, do I actually want to find a gym, though? Because I have to like, rethink my life after COVID. Like, 
Do I actually want to find a gym? Because they say that's one of the um, places to get infected. They say bars and gyms are the two most, uh, like, what do you call that? Uh, places that you can uh, get infected. So I'm thinking, like, I don't know. I, I downloaded some apps. I downloaded some yoga apps. I bought I bought a um I bought a new yoga mat. Nice. I bought a new little yoga brick. I bought a, a yoga strap. I brought some of those other bands, those resistance bands. And I bought that wheel thing mm-hmm. that you roll out for your stomach. It's the best. I bought that. Um, I downloaded apps. I've been going to the track. I've been going to the outdoor track at the school by my house. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I really want to go back to yoga. I really want to go back to hot yoga. But that Dick seems Trump? like a COVID uh nightmare. like yeah that seems like covid nightmare but i don't know i don't know i don't know are y'all gonna be going to the gym yoga what y'all no. gonna be doing how y'all gonna i be? do usually go to the gym in the winter but i'm gonna chill i do need to get back on it but i'm gonna chill if i'm going to the gym for a while are y'all look i, I was trying to find an indoor track i found a couple of indoor tracks but i'm like i don't know i don't know you know because because De- um detroit gets cold y'all mm-hmm. and i don't know if i'm gonna be about it about it like that to be out there on the outdoor track in like november (laughs) i won't be y'all call me (laughs) deja gonna be like piper you on the track i'm gonna be like no i'm about to pop me some more popcorn (laughs) i will not be there i will be home in some cozy clothes with my nice yeah, <laughs> y'all need to get some in, uh, advertising deals for these damn blankets. We do. Oh, Brittany, you should get you one. Oh my god. Yeah, that would be cozy. <laughs> okay. Wait till wait till wait till we get Brittany on the blanket. Uh, blank on team blanket. I don't need no blanket. Watch, look, she talking junk. She talking <laughs> big junk now. Watch me get her on team blanket, Deja. <laughs> right, it's still October. It's still October. Still October. It's cool. I'm going to boss up with a, a, a solar heater. How about that? Hey. That's fine. That's, that's in this dark room? Uh, that's <laughs> I don't know. It just sounded good. I don't know. It did. <laughs> no, that's what's up. I don't know. Um, I think that was all our topics for now. We already, you know, uh, went through our topics. Oh, we're going to do like a special show this week. And I'm really sad that Deja's not going to be with us. Um, but maybe we can get Deja's input some way, some shape, some form, somehow. Okay, but we are, we're going to have um, Tawana Petty, who is um, a cybersecurity expert, um, talking about um, surveillance and, you know, facial recognition and the work that she's been doing. Um, with that, we always talk about the green light and fighting against the green light and surveillance and, you know, black folks and, you know, how it's disproportionately, you know, discriminates against us. But she's going to break all that down. She's been doing a lot of work. We're going to do a whole show on it like this week. So I'm really, really, really looking forward to that. I really wish Deja could be there. Maybe Deja has questions that we can give to her that we can still get the get your feedback and stuff in there but um but that's the only day that she can do she's so busy she like travels around and you know but she lives here and um she's also a poet so this is exciting so looking forward to that yes um and then this saturday um fortunately for hartwell block club our block club yeah i actually um started our website it's hartwellblockclub.com ha ha 
and um and the facebook heartwell block club I, I should probably make an instagram of sorts um but long story short this saturday we're going to be doing food distribution there is an organization called pull up and they've been going around the country pulling up giving out food and this weekend they're going to be in the midwest so friday they're going to be in um i think cleveland saturday they're going to be in detroit and sunday they are going to be in chicago nice and so in detroit when they come here they're going to do a whole day they're going to go on the east side in the morning they're going to come to our neighborhood shouts out to barton mcfarland district seven in the afternoon and then um they're going to go, I, I forgot the other neighborhood, they're going to go on the west side on, um, I think around 5, 6 o'clock in the evening. So, yeah, we'll be distributing food in the neighborhood. It'll be free. We'll also be doing um, voter registration. Okay. We'll also be doing a census. We'll also be giving out um, all types of PPE to folks. So, yeah, I'm just really excited. Shouts out to Mona Ali, mm-hmm. uh, District 7 manager, to help get... Um, the, the space rippling hope church we're going to be doing it in their parking lot shouts out to them uh for being so generous and shouts out to all my people for uh norm and jerome and Laron and adrian and everyone from um anthony from hip-hop caucus um detroit change initiative seed um yeah just uh you know uh bart mcfarland neighborhood association just want to shout out everyone coming together in the community um, to give back. And, uh, yeah, just looking forward to being able to be a part of that and build up the block club, you know, and build up the community. So did y'all have um, events or things that you wanted to promote? Oh, real quick, Vegan Tuesdays, every Tuesday at Mama Kua House mm-hmm. hey. with the community movement builders from yeah, 12 yes. to 6, uh, $15. Brittany, when's your uh your date that October you're gonna be 20th. doing? October twentieth. October twentieth. Excited. Woo! Yes. Woo! You got vegan flyers. Pizza. Vegan pizza. Yeah, they'll, they'll be at the surprise. I'm surprise. I'm hype. I'm hype. I'm hype. The I'm hype. Uh, flyers will hit the street this week. This so week, I'm gonna be doing a huge little marketing run. Yeah, we got to get that popping. Okay. You gonna have um pizza workers? I am gonna have pizza workers. <laughs> not only are they pizza workers, they're uh-huh. the best workers. With they got the sauce. Hey. <laughs> let's, be, let's be clear that was just made up. No, we're gonna do vegan Detroit style <laughs> <laughs> Vegan Detroit style pizza, but uh I'll tell you guys more about it. So coming Delish. Up, so. Okay, okay, Delish. okay. I'm excited. Yeah, get you get a uh you'll get like a four slices like in a cute little pizza box and it'll come with a drink and i'm super excited to be doing this so yeah we excited. gotta do some marketing we gotta do a music video deja you gonna twerk in the video for no. us <laughs> no. she said it quicker than i could get it out <laughs> we'll i'll get... direct it i'll produce it okay oh, good we get gyra to twerk no twerk 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 pizza mushroom <laughs> <laughs> the day that pizza needs twerking is all bad. All uh-uh. bad. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. You got anything, Deja? Not for myself, but I just wanted to shout out Royster59 for having his own podcast with Lupe Fiasco. Okay. That's pretty hype. Detroit, that, yes. Chicago. 
right? That debuts this Thursday, August 8th. Um, it's called The Lupe and Roy Show. So hey. You guys got to find that somewhere. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to look, look for out, it. Yeah. Look out for that. Shout Roy's been Royce. on the uh, grind, like just really growling lately mm-hmm. all the time at people. It's really inspiring. I'm glad he's, you know, out here, like, you know, showing up in that way. That's dope. Yeah, making himself heard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we got to get prepared for our hundredth episode, which is going to be sometime in November. It's going to be special. We're going to do special stuff. We don't know what it's going to be though, but we're going to uh, figure it out. But uh, we want y'all to be prepared for the hundredth episode, so we just keep promoting that. Um, and yeah, just keep checking out um, Piper Carter podcast on Detroit is different, and go to the website DetroitIsDifferent.net. And check out all the other podcasts that are on there that are, like, super dope. And also check us out on social media. You can go to the Detroit is Different social media, which is on Facebook. Actually, you can check out Kari Way Frazier on Instagram. That is the Detroit is Different Instagram. But then for Piper Carter, if you want to check us out and get in touch with us or let us know what you think about the show or some show topics or give us some feedback, or if you just want to subscribe and promote and just keep getting some of this good, good, um, go on to Instagram, pc.podcast on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, pc.podcast also Facebook group where you can interact with others. And that's the Piper Carter podcast until then we will see you next week. Peace. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. And if I got a brown nose for some gold, then I'd rather be a bum than a motherfucking bum. Oh yeah, bitch, where you and I was walking? Now I run a game, got the whole world talking. King Coulter, everybody wanna cut the legs off. King Coulter, black man taking no losses. Oh yeah, bitch, where you and I was walking? Now I run a game, got the whole world talking.